0: Hey, fans, before we get going, just wanted to send out a reminder that you can head to anchor.fm slash Wolverine Sounds, where you can choose to support this podcast, or you can send us voice messages. We certainly appreciate either. So head over to anchor.fm slash Wolverine Sounds. Please show us some love. Now let's get on to the show. Is the Go Blue Crew. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to episode 117 of the Go Blue Crew. It is by far the weirdest episode we've ever done because uh, since we talked the last time, the world has fallen apart. And in every every corner, it seems like uh, we're just shutting down. Derek, you're in Michigan. What's it looking like there? I
1: feel like... I'm in Jackson. I feel like it's a ghost town. I've only been out a couple of times just to pick up some groceries, got some gas, and it's it's weird, man. It's, uh, you know, the, the regular life of driving to work every day uh, kind of just becomes a, the casual thing you do, but you never realize, like, you know, just to have no cars on the road and to see less people out and about, um, it's, it's nuts. So it's trying to stay sane and, you know, do the normal things and get back to you know some sort of podcast i guess
0: yeah it is it is a little nice to to get back after some craziness i i'm in uh indianapolis where you know we're we're shut down just like uh, anywhere else in the country basically at this point but uh i i've been able to keep a good amount of normalcy in my life because i i still work and i um i i work from home occasionally but not all the times so it's been It's it's been weird and an adjustment for me, but I can't. I mean, I know I'm on kind of the the lucky end when it comes to keeping my job and and not having to, uh, you know, uproot my life or anything like that. As of yet, I should add. As of yet, I know things can change so fast, but it's definitely good to get back on the podcast. Even though, like, we're not even talking uh, about a Michigan making a tournament run or, you know, getting to the semifinals or the finals of the big 10 tournament, like uh, it ended very abruptly. And so what we're doing for this show is, I guess, just putting a bow on the season saying, you know, this is what we liked, what we didn't like. And, and (laughs) just talking about how freaking weird it is that there was no March madness this year. So I I guess we need to, to start with the positives because the, the, there seem to be more positives this season than negatives, which is a very good thing for a first-year coach than Javon Howard. So, Derek, what what did you take away from this season that you really
1: liked? Yeah, so, I mean, naturally, as a, as a Michigan fan, even without podcasting, I've just been, you know, it's really kind of, I'm home, working from home every day. I uh, have been for almost two weeks now at the time this is being recorded, and you see a lot of you know highlights from previous seasons, and I kept thinking about how honestly special I feel like this season was uh, overall. It was a weird season with lots of ups and downs and about the most abrupt ending to all of college basketball that we may see in our life. Um, and so I, I feel like I found myself naturally trying to focus on the things that I liked and, and the two things that stood out to me were the the battle for Atlantis uh, and that run that Michigan had early, kind of proving that uh, Juwan Howard was someone to take seriously as a coach and that Michigan was a team to take seriously after uh, losing some pretty – Uh, major key components from the season before, Uh, and then that run late in the season starting with a win against a ranked, uh, highly ranked Michigan State and rattling off, I think, four more wins after that, Um, only to maybe, yeah, sure, fall apart again near the end of the season, Uh, but it was a crazy season of Big Ten basketball, a crazy season of college basketball, and ultimately ended up being even crazier uh, with everything coming to an abrupt halt minutes before Michigan was about to tip off in the Big Ten tournament. So what I see are the positives. What I want to focus on are the positives overall. And I think that it was a fun season. Uh, Guys like uh, X and Teske going out that way, it's hard to see. Um, Guys like Austin Davis getting another chance to come back and and play uh, fifth year. I think this makes that so much more special uh, just with how the way it abruptly ended. And I think that we saw enough this season that on the positive end, um, that gives us a lot to look forward to just in general. Uh, and then when you add in maybe some of the recruiting hype, uh, I think that Michigan's going to be a pretty good basketball team next year. Uh, and I'm just, I'm honestly just really excited. And, and more than anything, I'm just ready to get back to sports, even though I know it's probably been like, what, 10 days, 14 days. I mean, I feel like it's been three years that we've, since we've had college basketball. Uh, and it feels like it's going to be three years until we have it again, because it's so far away. So, I'm ready for sports in general, but in the meantime, because basketball is the most recent thing, just, uh, you know, remaining positive and and saying, hey, it was a fun season for what it was. I'll just say quickly,
0: my highlight of the season was uh, beating Michigan State at home. Uh, Xavier Simpson, we talked throughout the, the season about, you know, how he was consistently outplayed by Cassius Winston and you know, in their last matchup, uh, Xavier flipped the script out, played him. But so, so you mentioned uh, Xavier Simpson and, and John Teske, and those are the two guys who, and th- this is true for like any program out there, your your seniors who aren't gonna get to come back and play in the college game again, and especially somebody like Xavier Simpson, who you know, I, I don't, may get some you know, overseas contract, I, I don't know, but you know, his his organized basketball days like this high of a level might be over and it ended so abruptly those are the two guys I really felt for and then that feeling extended to every player out there who whose college career is now done and there's no way they could have seen it coming it's just it's kind of heartbreaking to think about the way it ended for them
1: yeah I mean it's it's something that and I'm working in the higher ed space. I know that even in your field and in every field, this is something that uh, administration, top dogs, higher ups, no one can really prepare for this. And it goes all the way down to even at a small school that I work at, seniors losing out in their spring season, sports all over the country, uh, even world losing out on seasons. And so you can't prep for something like this. You don't go into your senior season really thinking about anything but what can we do in the postseason and, and can we win a national championship. And and to have a chance to prove yourself in the Big Ten tournament, which would have been huge for Michigan to, to make a statement and then obviously try to make a run in the NCAA tournament, just to have things abruptly end. Even though there was a little bit of prep, I mean, it's like at least the day before the Big Ten tournament or the, the first day of the Big Ten tournament, the day before Michigan was supposed to play, there are obviously the talks of, wow, the NBA has uh, come to a halt. There's some other, other big uh, major players in the sports world kind of putting things on hold. What's uh, the Big Ten tournament going to do? Uh, and So even with that like tw- maybe 24, 48 hours to start prepping, you, you literally can't prepare for something like this, and I hope that Xavier Simpson finds a way to play some kind of organized basketball moving forward. I know he'll have a chance to at least play overseas, maybe even make a run in the G League uh, like some other Michigan players have been able to do, and like many college basketball players uh, do, but yeah, to to think that for him and and John Teske that it's just over like that, very sad, and and sad for any player uh, in any sport who's lost his senior season.
0: So what did you think at at the end of all this about Jawan Howard's first year?
1: No, I I think we have a lot to look forward to. I think that he has shown enough already that he's going to be a great coach uh, from a leadership standpoint, from getting the team to buy in. uh, On the recruiting trail, things look good. Uh, Coaching on the sidelines, lots of ups. There were some downs. uh, He's admitted to, you know, the way he does things might be a little different. And there's been some very clear things that need to be adjusted. I can think of earlier in the season, uh, it seemed like any big man got, just had the night of their lives because he was like refusing to send help down in the post for someone like John Teske. There's other um, decisions he's made sometimes with lineups, sometimes with even, he mentioned timeouts. Uh, He's learning the game. And I think that he, has such an ability to naturally kind of be a leader that I think that Michigan's in great hands. I think it was an A plus hire. Um, I think that I was, and I think we both were, I think we were both pretty excited about it. There are some other people that um, were kind of questioning it. And, and then obviously compared to some bigger names like Billy Donovan and some of the others that we were hopeful for, it seemed like a lesser hire, but I think he's shown just enough in year one and maybe even more than some of us expected to lead me to believe that this is going to be a very dangerous team, not only next year already, uh, but for many years to come, hopefully.
0: One of the things we heard pretty consistently from people who are, are around the team every day and you know covering the, the, the program is that there, there was a lot of, uh, a, a good buy-in, like you said, they, they seem to really like him and his, his coaching style, which definitely helped in in the transition. So, um, two two players i think we're we're all going to be looking out for here franz wagner and and uh isaiah livers you, you know they they might test the nba trap to see how how they're evaluated I, are you worried about either of them leaving
1: yeah i am uh i think that with the uncertainty um honestly i think that uh, anyone should pursue the nba that feels like they're ready i think now with the Way you can uh, test the waters. I mean, even Xavier Tillman uh, is declaring for the NBA draft, but he's going to keep his college eligibility at uh, Michigan State just in case, you know, something will not go well. And, and I likely he's going to be drafted. I think with a guy like Isaiah Livers and Franz Wagner, I would see them being drafted. I don't know where I saw this or where I read this or heard this, but. I feel like I I was reading something about maybe the draft looking a little bit different and maybe going with some more of the the safer picks. Usually if you look back at a draft even two, three years ago and you go through the second round, especially for guys like us, it's going to be full of names we don't recognize, full of overseas stars um, that we don't recognize. And so I feel like a guy like Isaiah Livers has enough potential. And then Franz Wagner has a lot that scouts are drooling over, even though he's maybe not that full product yet. Uh, he had such a great experience overseas. Brought that game to to Michigan and really turned it on late. Uh, and then Isaiah Lever's shooting ability. I think anyone in the NBA is looking for somebody who can shoot forty, fifty percent from three. Uh, he missed injury. He missed some games with injuries, obviously. But when he was out there, he was not only Michigan's probably most experienced wing, but he was also a guy who. Uh, you kind of look to be the go-to. Uh, and I, I think that both of them could be drafted, and I wouldn't be surprised if neither of them return. Though I will say if if both of them return, uh, some of these early top 25 rankings, which are a bunch of BS always anyway, it's college basketball, but I think they could easily go from a top 15 prediction to maybe even top 10, top five if all of these recruits kind of stay the course and come to Michigan.
0: Yeah, between the two of them, I, I guess I'm a little more worried about Isaiah Livers going early like this this cycle because he seems most ready right now between like just between the two of them but um, Wagner like you said there's something that that scouts really like about him and you can see it when he plays you know he was he was hurt early and uh, he can definitely still grow into his body a little bit but uh, he's he's got great length he's He's uh, he developed into a, a pretty good shooter, which we knew he was anyway. It's just you know a, a wrist injury kind of threw him off. It seemed like early, but but I think I'd be a little more worried about Isaiah Livers going. Even though I think in the end, um, you, you probably for Michigan, I think you end up with at least one of them back. Like I would be, I would be pretty surprised if, if both of them end up going. And just as a refresher, um, if you see if an ESPN alert pops up or you see on Twitter. Isaiah Livers declares for NBA draft. That's not said and done. Um, what you can do as a college player is declare for the draft, but not hire an agent, in which case you retain your eligibility and you get an evaluation. If you get an agent, you're done. The NCAA won't bring you back. So don't freak out if you see, you know, so-and-so has declared for the NBA draft because that's not uh, necessarily over. They 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 don't need to hire an agent right away. And that means they can still come back who is a player for you know without for certain is returning next season who who is a player who you're looking
1: forward to seeing honestly I think I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Austin Davis the most uh, I don't expect a lot I, I know that uh, Obviously, he's made a big difference. I think a lot of people were excited about the way he was performing. It kind of seemed unreal at first to go from a guy who was getting no action to a guy that was actually making a difference and at times outplaying the, the, the big who was starting in, John Teske. But I think I'm most excited about him coming back because he's going to be, I mean, the veteran, uh fifth-year guy who put in some good work, I think can continue to improve. And he's not going to likely be the dominant big um, like we've seen throughout the Big Ten all this past season or even even in college basketball in general. But I think I'm most excited about him because I think he's going to be a major piece of next year's puzzle I think he's going to be a great leader in terms of bringing some of the young guys up to speed. I think that he, I mean, he obviously puts in an incredible amount of work and he always seems to be in the right spot. And so, whether he starts for a few games or comes off the bench and just plays that vital role, I think that there's a reason Juwan Howard is bringing him back, even though he's out there um, being mentioned next to some of the biggest recruits in in college basketball um, has to offer um, going into this next year. And so, it shows me a lot that Juwan Howard wants. Austin Davis to come back. So I think I'll pick him, which, uh, I mean, there's might be guys that I'm more excited to see uh, next year, but I think Austin Davis is the most important. And so I'll, I'll stick with him. I'm kind of torn between Eli Brooks
0: and, and, um, oh my gosh, David DeJulius. <laughs> For some reason, when we get on the show, I, I I can't think of people's names, but between those two, because both of them can be high volume scorers they can be good from beyond the arc, and I—they I, both have the potential to become like go-to guys. Even if—even if you're not looking at either of them as like a top candidate for next season, you know, especially if Isaiah Livers and Franz Wagner both come back, or even one of them, I just think they both like in any given game, you know, they could put up twenty-five points, and and be be a sharpshooter from downtown. Maybe late in the game, you need a bucket. It's like. Um, you know, throughout the season, I mean, sure, you know, uh, we would we would go to Isaiah Livers, but yeah, yeah, if you heard that, that was me accidentally slapping my phone. But you know, in, in, in this instance, uh, Eli Brooks is our guy, or David DeJulius is our guy. I can see them both filling that role, not throughout the season probably, but like on any given night, they could become the go-to scorer. Saw flashes of it, uh, David DeJulius. You know, in the last game against Maryland, had the team high, of of twenty, and and so I think they're they're both, um, they both have like a similar potential in that respect, and so I can't decide between them, but I'm excited to watch them for the same reason.
1: I think that Michigan could be better next season, especially if Franz and, and Isaiah come back. I mean, if both of them come back, I think for sure better. If even just one of them comes back, I think they could still be better just because that extra experience Jawan Howard and the coaching staff will have. I think the player that I'd look at after Austin Davis, just because I didn't expect to even be talking about Austin Davis at all this season, especially going into the next season, but I would pick David DeJulius. Um, why is because I think Eli Brooks could play a similar role on next year's team where he can have his great nights and really be productive, but I think that David DeJulius – has to take that next step. I talked earlier in the show about kind of looking at some of the, the college basketball games from the past. And One Sunday, really before even all this craziness happened, uh, like the really crazy stuff, um, after the tournament had just been canceled, I watched Michigan play uh, Wisconsin to win the Big Ten Championship in what, 2017, I think it was, and then play Purdue the next year to win in 2018. And Xavier Simpson John Teske, they were sophomores. Xavier Simpson played – an incredible role as a sophomore on that team. And I think that a guy like David DeJulius, again, a younger guard, I think that it's time for him to go from, you know, backup to starter and make that same uh, leap that Derek Walton did, that same leap that uh, Xavier Simpson did. I think that if you look back at Michigan point guards, even through most of John Beeline's era, guys have stepped up and filled that position. And I think that David DeJulius is – prepped and ready to do that. And so I think between the two, him and Eli Brooks, I think that he has to step up and be that go-to point guard because Michigan needs a go-to point guard to play good basketball. That's really how they've been successful really so many years looking back now is because of that point guard position out of any has been so super solid. And so, yeah, I would say that I look for him and, and his upside to be probably – the most important uh, in terms of the guards is because no matter who you, who comes in, what kind of studs you can get on the recruiting trail, you need a super solid point guard. And I think David DeJulius can do that. I think Eli Brooks plays a very important role. And then again, a guy like Austin Davis uh, returning, uh, whether or not Isaiah and Franz return, and those are three pretty key players from the team before. Uh, and I think that them stepping into potential starting roles, obviously um, with uh, Austin Davis and David Julius means that they're going to have to play some really, really sound basketball.
0: Okay. I know I said we would talk about some things we didn't like, but I think we should actually not do that. And instead our last couple minutes or so here, let's give uh, a recommendation from each of us, you know, past basketball games that you can go back and and watch at least highlights of on YouTube. What would be your, your recommendation?
1: Right now, I'm really into the NCAA tournament runs. There's some good videos uh, that kind of showcase highlights from uh, first tournament game to last tournament game. I've been stuck on, obviously, the, the, the two national championship um, game runs, but there's some other games that, I, that I've been watching, some Big Ten tournament games that have been fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, YouTube has been literally my, my best pal. In these times, and I've been watching a lot of Michigan basketball highlights, and it is only a matter of time until I switch over to Michigan football highlights.
0: Right? Yeah, we'll we'll switch over to football probably sooner than we're even anticipating because there's just a huge void to fill here with with sports content. I'm gonna go um, 2017 Big Ten tournament against Illinois because this is the. The second round, I believe, of the tournament, but that was Michigan's first game. And of course, you know they had the the plane slide off the runway, and and you're wondering like, are they even going to play the game? What's going to happen? They go out there in their practice uniforms, and I I know obviously, you know they go on and win the Big Ten tournament. And if you're looking for more exciting stuff, you might head to the to the championship game that year against uh, Wisconsin, right? Yep. Yeah, so so you know you might you might go down. Uh, later in the tournament. But I think there's just something really cool about watching that that Illinois game where uh, they get a, a comfortable lead and, and win comfortably. So uh, you're able to just kind of soak in like what that moment means for that program. And then obviously, you know, they go on a good run. And and so you, you can't really go wrong with the, the the Big Ten tournament from that year if you want to watch old Michigan games. I just think there's something special about that illinois one and it's a little bit off the wall because i don't think it's one that you would go to off the top of your head because you know you want to go to like the the, the kansas game of the ncaa tournament you know stuff like that but uh, i'd recommend finding that illinois game and checking it out watch watch uh, some magic happen so uh, a, a quick update on on the show going forward since basketball ended so abruptly and uh, football is on hold and, and we're really just hoping that uh the 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 college football season isn't isn't thrown off course we we will not be weekly likely anymore we're just going to pop in and out as as things happen as we feel like it it's just an update that uh, you know we probably will not be weekly for the time being but that doesn't mean we're going completely dark side so just wanted to give a heads up so uh derek even though we're not we're not signing off forever or anything like that uh, anything you want to leave the fans with today
1: yeah three things and basically about those games Uh, one I think you're absolutely right Michigan Illinois that year I can just remember watching that game I think probably from my office at the time it was probably a noon game or afternoon game Uh, and just like such an eerie feeling of like oh my goodness like they're in practice jerseys. this doesn't feel real so yeah I think that's a great game uh, to look forward to. Uh, another game that I did just watch, it was on a championship run, but it was Michigan-Florida State. If you can find that entire game that put Michigan into the Final Four against Loyola-Chicago, an excellent game. I watched the highlights first and thought, wow, I, I forgot how back and forth and full of runs this game was, how dominant Florida State was, the blocks and, you know, on the glass. And so would recommend that entire game. And then, honestly, what I recommend the most – is watching Fab Five documentary. a lot For a lot of people, it's probably been a while since you've watched it. It's been a while since it came out. Some of it feels a little old school. Even Juwan Howard looks younger, obviously. Uh, some of the things being said, being talked about, are a little out of date now. But I think that it's an excellent reminder of the type of basketball we're probably likely going to see more of moving forward. Now, not identical, obviously. Those are completely different times several, several years apart. But I think that kind of with Juwan Howard at the helm, kind of going back and looking at that Fab Five and and how they were on the court, I think we're going to see a lot of trash talking, a lot of fun, and a lot of dominating basketball moving forward um, because that's what Juwan Howard uh, and his teammates did at Michigan. And so that is probably my biggest recommendation, taking a couple of hours and watching that. You'll find it on ESPN once in a while, and I'm sure if it's not on Hulu or Netflix, you could probably find it on YouTube.
0: Or at the, you could probably uh, fork out the, the couple bucks a month or whatever it is on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah. I think all the 30 for 30s are there. That's I'm true. not personally a subscriber, but if you, if you are really passionate about it and can't find it anywhere else, pretty much guaranteed it's on ESPN+. And that's a really good place to leave it, I think. A little bit of nostalgia there. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Ty underscore Fenwick. And Derek is at Divine Identity. We'll catch you next time. Go Blue. Stay safe. Go Blue.